Welcome to Math Mutation, a podcast where we discuss fun, interesting, or just plain weird corners of mathematics that you would not have heard in school. Recording from Hillsboro, Oregon, this is Eric Seligman, your host. And now, on to the math. Math Mutation 252, a mathematician translating Pushkin. I just finished reading an English translation of Alexander Pushkin's famous 19th century book-length Russian epic poem, Eugene Onegin, a classic tale of tragedy and lost love. This might seem like an odd topic for a math podcast, except for the name of the translator, Douglas Hofstadter. If you're a fellow math geek, you may recognize him as the author of Girdle Escher Bach, Metamagical Themas, and several other of the greatest modern books in the popular math genre. Now, it's not totally unprecedented for him to translate a poem, as you may recall that in episode 125, we discussed his book, Le Tonbeau de Moreau, which discussed many mathematical aspects and artistic choices made in translating a short French poem. Still, taking on the translation of such a famous book-length poem is a major undertaking. What is it about Eugene Onegin that would attract a mathematician? Aside from the general quality of the poem and the classic story, one of the major factors that attracted Hofstadter was the several levels of intricate patterns embedded in Eugene Onegin. Pushkin created a very original rhyme scheme, with the poem divided into 14-line stanzas of the form A-B-A-B-C-C-D-D-E-F-F-E-G-G. If you look at those first three sets of four lines, they might look a bit familiar from other discussions we've had in this podcast. They are the three possible patterns you can get by flipping four coins and resulting in two of each side, ABAB, CCDD, or EFFE. It seems odd at first that you can't put four coins together without getting something that looks like a pattern. No matter how you arrange them, they won't look random. Perhaps this is part of what attracted Pushkin to the scheme. But there's yet another layer of patterns imposed on top of this, what's called feminine and masculine rhymes. A masculine rhyme is a single stressed syllable at the end of a line, like turn and burn. In a feminine rhyme, there are two syllables involved, with the stress being on the first, turning and burning. The unstressed syllables may rhyme or be identical. The pattern of masculine and feminine lines in each stanza is FMFM, FFMM, FMMFMM. And on top of this, the poem's an iambic tetrameter, with the stress always falling on even number of syllables, and exactly eight or nine syllables per line. Eight in the lines with masculine rhymes, or nine in the lines with feminine ones. With all these restrictions, you can see why it's quite a mathematical puzzle to grab a set of words from your vocabulary and put together anything like a coherent Pushkin stanza. On top of that, imagine having to translate another language and try to come up with something roughly equivalent in English that fits all these patterns. Of course, for someone like Hofstadter, the challenge was part of the appeal. In his preface, he pokes fun at other translators who copped out and settled for near rhymes like national and all, or passage and message. The price he pays for being able to match the rhyme scheme exactly, of course, is that he often needs to paraphrase rather than exactly communicating the corresponding English word for every Russian one. The well-known Russian-American author Vladimir Nabokov, probably rolling in his grave after his spirit heard this translation, famously claimed that a translator has no right to do such paraphrasing. He insisted that one must strictly translate word for word with no regard for rhyme schemes or other aspects of poetry. But I think that makes the translation a bit boring. For example, would you rather listen to this translation by Nabokov? Hmm, hmm, great reader. Is your entire kin well? Allow me, you might want perhaps... To learn now from me what kinsfolk means exactly, well, here's what kinsfolks are. Or this version from Hofstadter. Hello, hello, my gentle reader. And how are your kinsfolk, old and young? 
For let me tell you, as your leader, some scuttlebutt about our tongue. What's kin, it's relatively subtle, but you'll tune in if I but scuttle. I think Hofstadter's version is much more pleasant to read. It also shows off his light-hearted and humorous style, such as the casual address to the reader, and the wordplay related to scuttlebutt, butt, and scuttle. I think it also highlights one more strength of his translation that Hofstadter is too modest to brag about in his preface. He's made a career out of taking very complex, abstract concepts, usually in the domain of mathematics, and writing about them in a form that's accessible, humorous, and fun to read. Thus, it isn't very surprising that these skills can also serve him well when translating classic 19th century Russian literature. If you have any interest in such topics, I highly recommend this translation. And this has been your Math Mutation for today.